Okay, yes, we all love pizza, but my guest today loves it so much that he's got a pizza tour, even a pizza festival in Chicago and Los Angeles. Steve Delinsky is known as the food guy and even as the hungry hound, and today he's about to blow my mind with all of his pizza knowledge. I'm Lisa Allen, and this is Always Eating. I have been very open about I'm the furthest thing from like a food snob because there's a ton that I don't know about. I just love food. So anything you can tell me or introduce me to, I'm all for it. That sounds great. What is on that thing? Um, It's butternut squash, uh, buffalo mozzarella ricotta, I think, or buffalo ricotta, mm-hmm. squash blossoms, and fresh basil, Gosh. and pine nuts. This is some, like, high-end yeah. pizza right now. Yeah. I was going to say it's kind of basic. This you know, is it's a very like- high-end <laughs> show. <laughs> You'll notice there's another voice on today's episode. Violetta from The Morning Mix is hanging out. Uh, Steve Delinsky is here with us, and now you two know each other, right? You've known each other for a, a minute. Yeah, for quite a while. Um, I used to go, I did, did a story on your family's restaurant. Yeah, he was like like an icon in my like family's totally. restaurant because it's like a small mom and pop shop and I feel like Steve does that best right like highlighting those neighborhood joints and like the family history and all of like you're like a like a icon in that world I've just been doing it a long time I think right and I just I love little neighborhood restaurants I, I featured your your place on ABC7 probably because mm-hmm. I was there a long time and I, yeah so I think we met that way and then I came in when they were closing it and we were chatting and I was catching up and I said I didn't realize you work at the mix yep and then I came on as a guest and then you know here we are it just snowballed yeah. from there at first it was Mr. Delinsky <laughs> and now I think we're like on the Steve level you can go first yeah, yeah. first name basis for sure <laughs> okay that's good yeah. I, I am familiar with your name I want to say it's still on the wall at Hog Wild down in Midlow, I think. Have you? Oh my God! Uh, yeah. yeah, that's like 160th and something. Uh, it's it's just south of 147th Street. Okay, yeah, on the way to going to uh, we used to call the Tweeter Center. Yeah. Now it's uh, some other the stadium, the World. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Anymore, yeah, I'm probably down on the. I'm on a lot of walls. I yeah, think. Yeah, you are. That's the, the cool thing the about name. that is that it's at different stages in my life, right? So I'm you know because I started at ABC Seven in 03, and so the headshots have been going out for 20 years. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. some of them are still plastered on the south side, just so you know. No, that's awesome. They're out there. They're out there. <laughs> Let's fast forward into, I mean, that was 20 years ago. Things yeah. look very different for you now. What What's happening in, yeah, in the I, world now? Well, so I, I went to NBC two years ago. So okay. I just hit two-year anniversary over there. And I do uh, the Food Guy Report every Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Okay. And it looks a lot like the Hungry Hound stuff I did at ABC7. Oh, my God. Are you minute. allowed to say that? I can Hungry say it. Hound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was, like, I was afraid to even Although bring it I'm up. Sure I'm sure like, Disney will come after me with a lawsuit. After this. No, 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 no. We had a very good relationship. It was all good. But um, everybody, I just, a lot of people know you as the Hungry Hound. Of course, yeah. because I was there for 17 years, yeah. right? So, But the stories that I do at NBC are, are just like that. Okay. Uh, about two minutes on tape, and then I set it up live, and then I'm there in the studio for a little bit. But that's only one day a week, so I have a lot of other stuff that I do. Um, and the big side hustle that I have is, you know, you know I'm having pizza all the time. I know. I wrote this book called Pizza City USA about six years ago. That led to a tour business called Pizza City Tours, okay. which is just runs in the summer every weekend. Yeah. That led to a podcast called Pizza City, which is every other Friday, which Man. is four years old, which led to a festival business called Pizza City Fest. <gasps> so we did the first one last summer here in the West Loop. Yeah, I remember. We did the second one in LA in the spring, and then we're doing the third one now back here in Chicago in just a 
couple of weeks, August 26, 27. Okay, hold on. You took this out to L.A.? We did it in L.A. because <laughs> a lot of people just don't realize L.A. has an amazing pizza scene. I know people laugh at that. They put this like, really, L.A.? Like Are you joking? Like gluten-free pizza? Yeah. You know, and, and squash blossoms and, and <laughs> vegan. Yeah, yeah and, and that's out there, and they have great vegan pizzas out there as well. But the problem with L.A., and I think some big cities are guilty of this, you know, you stay in your bubble. Yeah. And so, like, you know, in Chicago, you mentioned the south side. I mean, how often do people from Midlothian or, you know, from the northwest side or from Tinley on the south side sure. go to Rolling Meadows? And I think the same thing in L.A. You know, if you're on the west side in Santa Monica, you rarely go to the east side. And so I felt like I can bring these places together. I'd been out there a lot for other jobs that I had. And I thought I could sit just together and do like a weekend of pizza. And so that's what we did. We had 40 pizzerias over two days, just like we're doing in Chicago. Okay. I mean, I will say that my food experience, I've been to L.A. a zillion times. And like, I always have good luck with Mexican food. But man, I have not found a good pizza joint out there. And yeah. I, I do well, kind of move around. Nobody's really documented it. That's the problem. There isn't really like a pizza writer out there, per se, that covers the scene. I mean, there are taco people and they, they cover sandwiches. And there's like lots of influencers and bloggers. But there's not really a pizza authority and we in need LA. an authority well that's i mean that's what happens and then you look to that person's instagram you look to their tiktok and you kind of see what they're doing and you realize oh my gosh uh de la nona is an amazing place downtown in the arts district okay um or in san diego there's an incredible place called tribute or in santa monica there's bettina i mean on and on these great pizza places because there are great cooks chefs bakers out there sure. and a lot of them have pivoted to pizza <sighs> I mean, finally. Sorry, but I've been I've been waiting to find a good pizza place, and I've been like twenty years deep. No, just let me know anytime. LA. I mean, there really are a lot of like I say. If you looked at pizzacityfest.com, you'll see Chicago and L.A. Okay, and you'll see our lineup for L.A. and you'll probably recognize some names, but others. Apollonia's in Mid Wilshire is amazing. There's really? a really Apollonia's. exciting pizza scene out there. I'll yeah, go there just for the name of it. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've got the pizza fest coming up here in a couple of weeks. Violetta, you've been to that before? No, I couldn't make it last year, but I'm going this year. I, my favorite thing about Pizza Fest, the concept of it, is that you're bringing together so many different kinds. Because you talked about this on your pizza tour, uh, and I don't remember the exact term, so fill me in, of like uh, prejudice of the pizza you grew up with. Yes, the Pig syndrome. Pizza I grew up eating. Yeah. P-I-G-U-E. <laughs> which I is a those, Which I is think. a real thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you're from the South Side, you went to Homewood or Flossmoor, you're an Aurelio's person, right? It's, right. A, it's, it's like this everywhere. We call it the pizza cognition theory. Okay. The pizza you grew up eating is the one you think is the greatest pizza and so what we try to teach on the tours we teach in the fest is like hey there are 10 styles of pizza in chicago yeah. folks not just deep and stuffed and tavern style which is getting a lot of press nationally right now uh artisan and neapolitan and sicilian and roman and detroit and on and on roman pizza is like new to me over the past maybe five years it, i do like it it's delicious it's so good it's crunchy oh, right it it's, it's got lots of different well there's usually it's different like flowers in it stuff, a little right? bubbly from the fermentation right and the and the, the amount of hydration they have in the dough. Uh, Bonchi is a good example of it here in Chicago, but Bar Cargo in River Bar North Cargo does I a love. great Roman. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's catching on because it, it's great pizza. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I want to show people these different styles. So we have 10 ovens at this event. Each oven is a different style. Like this style that I brought you today from Portofino, Pizzeria Portofino, excuse me. This is right on the river. This is a lettuce restaurant, by the way, so you get lettuce points if you, if you have a pizza <laughs> I love here. the oh, lettuce good points. Um, good so this is, this is and I like to rack them up. I don't like to use them. Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> unless you go to Joe's Stone Crab. Yeah. Um, so this has got no tomato sauce on it. You know, you don't have to have tomato sauce to make a good pizza. Um, this is just a white base. There's ricotta on here. There's uh, butternut squash, pine nuts, fresh basil. You can probably see a picture of this. If you're watching the, the podcast, you see the video of this. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's it looks colorful. like it's like something you'd see at the Art Institute, like in a Surat painting, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the beautiful color.
colors, the different textures, the bubbly edge, the crisp. The, look at the different colors on the crust. One thing, Lisa, when you're looking at pizza, you want to look at three characteristics, the crust, the crumb, and the undercarriage. So the crust <laughs> is the outside. Okay. Right, you see that different, three different shades of brown I like to see. You want to look at the crumb. So pick up a slice of pizza. Pick up this slice of pizza here. Okay. And you look at the side of it, and you see that's the crumb. When you look inside the crust, that's the crumb. And you see the open crumb structure. That tells you there's water in this dough. That tells you there's fermentation that's happened. So there's a little bit more complexity to this dough. And then look underneath the pizza. There's the undercarriage. That shows it's been sitting on a stone hearth. It's got a couple different shades of brown and black. It's not all white or blonde. That tells me that it's underdone. So this has got some nice blackening. I want to eat it so, so um Well, I'll leave it here for you unless you and V want to take a slice. Oh, I think we um, should eat it right now, right, but wanna, that's just me. I yeah, don't know. V, go isn't, ahead. isn't it called always eating? Yeah, it, <laughs> is. it is. So the crust, the crumb, the undercarriage. And so we, these are the kinds of things we teach. We have, we have seminars. We have panel discussions at Pizza Fest. It's not just eating. I mean, anybody can eat pizza, but, you know, we gather the best from the region. And then we also have these classes. We're flying in this guy from Ratza in Jersey City named the best pizzeria oftentimes in New York City got three stars in the New York Times okay Dan Richards coming in to, he's got a book called Joy of Pizza which is incredible he'll come in to be a speaker on our Dough Whisperers panel we've got a guy from Portland Oregon we're flying in we've got Ann Kim from Minneapolis who was just on the Chef's Table Netflix yeah. series about pizza she's going to be here speaking about you know what she does so it's, it's really like heavy hitters um, but also heavy hitter speakers but also heavy hitters in terms of pizza makers it's like there is this whole different world of pizza lovers and pizza I don't know authoritarians i guess i'm just kind of like that i'm i'm blown away because again i just like to eat pizza so yeah I, and it's well and like, like 10 years ago <laughs> like, there, there weren't there weren't really a lot of these experts around there were people who were sort of enthusiasts yeah but in terms of pizzeria quality we had kind of the same in chicago at least you have deep tavern stuffed yeah and maybe a couple of outliers doing a new york slice but that was about it and then in the last 10 years especially since the pandemic there's just been this turbocharge of talent that's either moved here or decided to pivot to something else and do pizza uh, because they were bakers in another life. Maybe like Rich Labriola had Labriola Baking. He's from sure. Southside, guy yeah. from Calumet Park. He grew up in the pizza business. He had a thin crust place, a Neapolitan place out in Oak Brook. Okay. And then um, a couple years ago, he opened up Labriola Restaurant downtown, and he's doing this artisan pizza. He's doing a, a deep pan pizza in the mold of kind of a Pequod's or Burt's from Morton Grove. So there's a lot of different styles of pizza that I think that people need to know about. I love that you know Pequod's and Morton Grove. Of course I do. Yeah, you have to know. If you're going to talk pizza in Chicago, you yeah, got to know Burt's. Yeah. I mean, Burt Katz was at Pequod's. Worst parking lot ever, but... Oh, terrible. Still, um, still a great place. So Wait, I've never been. What's bad about it's it? It's just tiny, and there's oh. nowhere to go, but you know that there's going to be great pizza by the time mm -hmm. you find a place to put your damn car, so you deal with it. He, he sold Pequod's to a suburban dentist, who then opened up a second Pequod's in Lincoln Park Oh, okay. on Clybourne, and then a few years later, he just decided to open up Burt's place around the corner. Come on. Which I'm sure there wasn't a, a non-compete clause or something in that contract sure. but there's a Burt's place and then Burt sadly passed away but then sold it to two guys who, who kept it going those two guys ended up splitting they were best friends by the way they were commodities brokers okay. they split so don't, don't ever open a pizzeria with your best friend I guess they split wow. one guy went to open up Lefties in Wilmette and Highland Park also in that same style of Burt's which is in the same style of Pequod's does that oh all make God. sense I mean it's a lot that was a very woven web that right. you took me through right there that's well that's the cool thing about Chicago 
Chicago, there is this really cool pizza web. Like, you know, Lou Malnati worked at Uno's and Dewey's and, and ran and managed those. And when he wasn't given an opportunity to buy it, he's like, I'm out of here. He quit. And then he opened up Lou Malnati's. Yeah. And then one of the waitresses who worked there in the 50s at Dewey's opened up her own place in Crestwood called Luis's Pizza and Pasta. Oh, and then Lou's I half, didn't know that. And then Lou's half-brother, Rudy Malnati Jr., opened up Paisano's 20 years oh, after Lou the opened drama. up. So there's a lot of family and connected and like all this weird web. But that's what makes our pizza scene so interesting, I think. And breakups. Like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Oh, totally. The pizza wars. <laughs> yeah. It's like the family business you know can get stressful. Or at least I know can get stressful. Yeah. Uh, thank God my sister and I never went into the restaurant business because who knows how that would have panned out. Well, Isn't that interesting how, like, you grew up in that bit? I grew up in the bit. My dad was in the scrap business and okay. auto parts. I had no interest in that business at all. I wanted to talk about, I don't know, journalism and news and food and whatever. But um, you grow up in that business, it's so much. It's like, I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life. Well, so uh, talking about your beginning a little bit, like, were you always into food this much? Were you like an adventurous kid, like your family adventurous or? No, I wasn't. Um, my mom, we kept kosher. So, okay. and we lived in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. So we had about 10 Jewish families there and we would wait for the Greyhound bus uh, to come from Minneapolis once a week with all the kosher frozen chickens on it. <laughs> so food was really more of a, of a necessity. It wasn't really pleasurable as, as growing up. Mm. But my brother, who was nine years older than me, his wife was from Australia. She was what we would call a foodie today. This was back in the like mid late seventies, I guess, early eighties. Um, and she was really into cooking and travel and she was a backpacker and was really interested in food. And so she, when I graduated college, she gave me this series of Australian women's home weekly cookbooks, okay. which were really just like thick gourmet magazines, if you will, with lots of pictures and interesting recipes that I could never make. Cause I was living in upper Michigan doing a TV job, but I was fascinated by Thai food and Indian food and Malaysian food. And it really kind of piqued my interest. And so I realized, wow, I've been missing all this other stuff that's out in the world. Yeah. Like I grew up with sort of lamb chops and tuna casserole, literally. Yeah. And now I realize, oh my God, there's this whole other world out there that I've been missing. And I kind of feel like my career in food is a response to that mm -hmm. childhood where I said to myself, you're in a shoebox. You're not really seeing the world. And so I'm kind of, I have this wanderlust, wanderlust to sort of see what else is out there. It's like you did the complete opposite, right? Like yeah. you had like a strict, very particular, and now you try everything under the sun and are like so involved with the whole foodie scene. There's nothing that I won't eat. I mean, I, I don't love everything, obviously. Like I was in Lima. They have a, a dish they call Antico cuchos, which are grilled beef hearts that they grill out on the street, like street food. Wait, I was what? Say, that's, that's like a street vendor that's thing. That's their street vendor thing, yeah. yeah. Just, they got like, it looks like a Weber grill out on the street, oh my God. and they got a propane tank, and they're grilling uh, beef hearts, and they put them on skewers, and they put some kind of a sauce or seasoning on it, and people are just gobbling it up, like we gobble up a hot dog or a beef. And I tried them. You know, I don't love that. It's a little bit like really dense and kind of minerally to me. I can only imagine. Uh, but <laughs> I try everything. Like, I, I'll try anything once. We were in Cambodia. We ate fried bugs. We ate uh, frogs that were stuffed with sausage. It was kind of interesting. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't have it every day, but I feel like, you know, when in Rome. Violetta, what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Um, or weird to you, I should say. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, 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 let me think. <laughs> let me think for a second. The Romanians have some crazy Yeah, dishes, they do. Right? Well, borscht soup is probably, um, it's a tribe soup. Yeah. No, the borscht soup is beet soup. I'm sorry, right. tribe soup, which the is... Bloods? 
Yeah, that's, that's the beet one. That one's not that weird because uh. it's just beets, in my opinion. But tribe soup is, um, I think, intestine. cow intestine, right? Yeah. Um. And it's like very yellow. And, and the soup part of it is delicious. The broth, I think, smells and tastes great. But once you pull out, it looks like boogers, like oh. like beige boogers that don't ever get any color. And that's like the meat in it. That's that, like chitlins from uh, like soul food. They have like the intestine, which yeah. is kind of, yeah. Oh. So I just fan. tried a nibble of that and I was like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah. good on that. But they say it like makes men, you know, the virility and it makes you stronger and it put hair on chest. And I think that's why I have so yeah. much hair everywhere. <laughs> I tried a little bit of tribe and I became like a man, strong like bull. <laughs> I think that says a lot about your personality though, if you're willing to try stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Like a lot of people I meet are like, oh, I don't like that. It's weird looking or I don't like the color of that or I only like brown food or I don't know. I feel like that says a lot about who you are. You know, I, I'm trying to think of even what restaurant we were at when we were eating those like cricket tacos. I forget oh. what they're called. But oh, Chapulin are like grasshoppers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chapulin. There used to be a restaurant in Lincoln Park at Armitage and Halstead called Chapulin that did the fried grasshoppers. Oh, yeah. I never had that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was afraid. Yeah. But I'm also like, the chef is standing at like his table side yeah. wanting me to try this and hoping that I will enjoy it. And I was so freaked out because I'm like, I'm about to eat all these bugs right now. And listen, I don't know that I would order it again, but it was crunchy and pretty tasty, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> I just I mean, needed to separate myself that like, this is what I'm eating. But like, I had to try it. And right. then I, when you, you think know? like so much of the world eats that, so there must be something to it. Right. It can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it, was, it might it be the only sure. thing they have. In that case, it's like a different case. But like when people, <laughs> say like I don't I won't feed my only feed my kids chicken fingers and mac and cheese oh. I'm like well Mm-mm. but what do kids in Bombay or Mumbai eat I mean they're eating curries they're eating spicy <gasps> food like you know can I tell you my godson he just turned 11 yesterday happy he, birthday what he wanted to do was go on a sushi date with me he wants to oh. try sushi oh. and I was like dude we will go anywhere you want I was so excited yeah. that he wanted to try be adventurous yeah like try something new especially because he grew up like very picky eater I don't want this he doesn't like his food to touch like me it's weird <laughs> and he wants to go out and have sushi and I'm like I'm so excited to take him that is that's <laughs> yeah. gonna be really fun yeah. yeah I definitely grew up in the idea of like you're not allowed to just eat like kids food I mean we grew up in a restaurant so for us when we went out my dad wouldn't let us order anything my mom could make so you know Smart. yeah but then it was like a weird compilation of food because like my mom can make everything like oh, she's like true. a chef so I'm like mom can make everything this is not fair like I just want some lasagna or I just want some pot you know and she, he's like no no we're gonna get the duck and we're gonna get like you know oyster we're just getting like the weirdest Her dad's of food. got a lot of rules I can tell he's like very particular oh about my things, no yeah. he's so easygoing really like, no oh. <laughs> I'm kidding yeah you know him yeah. Bronco's a nut my only experience at your restaurant, your family's restaurant, was your dad just constantly putting booze in front of me, shots and shots of yeah. liquor, telling me that it was Romanian holy water. Yeah. It was liquid fire, man. And what? I kept doing shot after shot with him. It's <laughs> homemade like, moonshine. So yeah. if you consider that holy water, you definitely feel different that, after. Yeah, that's I mean, also, but that's, you know, hospitality. That's his hospitality. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about little restaurants like that. Like I went to Galit last night and he brought out some, I think it's called St. John Comandaria. That almost tastes like a tawny port for an after drink, after dinner drink. Okay. Um, but, you know, we know the owner and so he like, it's a a little gift from us, a little drink. You know, we want to try you have a little toast for your daughter's engagement, and all this other great stuff. So it's just really, I love that warm hospitality. You really feel like you're in someone's home. There is a place that I like to go to. You know, I will only go in there a handful of times, maybe a year. And he always remembers my drink. Mm-hmm. He like as soon as I sit down, and I'm like, Joey, you make me feel so special here, man. And <laughs> like, he's got you as a loyal customer now, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's and you'll tell other people about it. I uh, here I am. Yeah, that's that's how you here stay in I business. Am. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. 
one of the capris that's it's another one of these oh, yeah, where like yeah. there's a bunch of different capris and it's all the brothers they all own their own right but they're know, all spots. a little different so that must be a good one that is yeah. the good one yeah. that is the best one there's yeah. one in lincoln park i think over by boca right yeah corner where it was i don't Willow know if it's still there okay maybe not you're familiar with a lot of the spots in lincoln park yeah i mean i grew up in lakeview so that's probably why but to be honest like the amount of knowledge that steve has like i am not like i like what i like i don't necessarily know a lot do you know what i mean like Same. i love yeah, experiencing but, food and the like going out but i don't i don't know you're not alone most people stick to their things that they know right. and then maybe they'll look at chicago magazine oh i'll try a new place in logan square but they don't want to go to the end of humboldt park or avondale or like i'm driving around i'm just looking at awnings oh that looks interesting oh they're doing puerto <laughs> rican food let's try that uh -huh. maybe you know that's how i roll i mean that's my job right so i, I think you're not alone what you say like you have a couple places you go to you know them well you can rely on them right. and maybe once in a while you try a new place for sure but i mean it's more than just what you do you clearly have a passion for it and yeah. if you're gonna look at chicago magazine might as well look at your instagram and see where you're what you're up to. i couldn't agree with you more look at the <laughs> it's steve delinsky for folks who, in case you're wondering you know what first of all i don't even think i follow you yet oh my you'll oh, go hungry on. no oh my God. every day at lunch there's like a new birra taco or whatever somewhere i'm like oh my god i want that can we talk about tacos just for one minute i don't know time we have like <laughs> yeah, what sure is the deal in chicago first i was going to say a few months ago we have this italian problem because every new restaurant's italian now it's tacos 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 yeah, it is. and you look at randolph west randolph in the west loop there's velvet taco next door to another taco place a block away from the new Tacombi taco that opened up behind Giubi Graziano's. I mean, there's so many taco places now. I, I get it that they're, maybe they're inexpensive for the customer. You know, it's a couple buck uh, commitment, but like so many taco I places. I don't even think it's that they're inexpensive because if you roll through, you're still dropping some money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could get pretty much anything. I think it's them. literally like the idea of a margarita and a taco makes so many people happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so it's like hitting that nostalgia. Like I'm going to be, ha it's Taco Tuesday every day, something like that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's also that as soon as it became like a punchline, like tacos are my boyfriend or that kind of thing. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? Is that a punchline? It's like a whole thing. That I've never heard that <laughs> oh, until today. Oh, meaning like you love tacos so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, like, sorry. Like How do you not know Me that? and Steve slow on the meme life. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you all were the ones to talk about. Even has heard that before, haven't you? Yeah. I don't spend that much time looking at TikTok. I just, I'm so sorry, Eva. I'm just really out of the, out of the loop. I still get the newspaper delivered to my house. I, oh. read, I read a whole newspaper. All right. So well, whatever. Tacos are something yeah, it's my boyfriend and happens <laughs> but it is a thing in chicago it's definitely yeah. we're having a moment with tacos as we are with pizza i don't know i kind of thought that a lot of the with like the korean corn dogs popping up that we were getting and then yeah. at, now everybody is serving something with ube that like that was having its moment <laughs> seriously yeah like, yeah it, ube's kasama helps that because kasama was in the bear and people are, are fascinated with you know all things new and interesting and ube's been around a while and um i drove one morning like almost an hour to go to gurney donuts um behind six flags because they only do the ube donuts on saturdays oh. i went up there in the dark in the winter one time i remember <laughs> I, I posted about this they were great but ube is definitely uh, like the cool kid right now yeah it's having this moment it's same with like all things mochi is you know like yeah. people are starting to become familiar with this stuff to where to me i'm seeing more of that i guess than i'm noticing the tacos but well i do love when we can expand our horizons like you were saying at the top of this interview like you know you're not really a food expert you love to eat yeah you're the perfect person for all this stuff like you're interested in trying stuff that's what i do if, right if, 
someone like me says, hey, you know, I'll take you by the sort of the collar. Hey, you, if you're ever up north, you know, go to Gurney Donuts on Saturdays. Like, these donuts are really special. And try the ube. It's this purple yam that it's big in the Filipino population, but I think the owner's Cambodian, but his friend's Filipino. But there's this interesting backstory to it. I think people like you, you know, you're interested in that. It's like you don't have to be an expert yeah. to, to try it, right? I don't even try to be. I just want right. to try the Saturday yeah. donuts. I can't, yeah. like, <laughs> screenshot enough stuff, though, like, to get to it. You know what I mean? Because everything's on social now, and you're scrolling, you see something. I mean, even on your page, I'll see something, and I just have, like, a pa- like a folder of all the screenshots, things I want to try. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. like, I need help sometimes organizing them. Like, I can't figure out when to go to, like, the random spots that aren't, like, in my wheelhouse. Right. It's, yeah, it's overwhelming. I agree. Um, like, Warload is a good example. Warlord is a new restaurant that has very little official press. Although people have been talking about it, Infatuations talked about it. It's corner of uh, Milwaukee and Belmont. There's no sign. Their website is not very descriptive. There's no menu on it. But a lot of industry people go because they're open on Mondays. Okay. I think they're closed Tuesday, Wednesday. I went on a Monday. It was fantastic. It's just hearth cooking over live fire. They're aging beef. They're aging fish. Um, Really simple menu. Maybe eight items on the menu. Okay. Great price. You know, like really reasonable prices. And it's called Warlord? Warlord. That sounds... I just want to go because I want to tag myself like me- at a place called Warlord. Like, like Metal Death, like going to have yeah. like heavy music. It's no, it's totally your scene. Yeah, it's totally my scene. Yeah, <laughs> Warlord. Um, but check it out. It's a great restaurant. But that's the kind of place where you're like, should I go to this place? I'm not really sure about it. Like the, the nice pictures I've seen online. That's a place you want to go try. There's a Barbie thing going on, obviously, in the world. Oh, everything's yeah. pink and everything's Barbie. Yeah. Have you run into a Barbie pink pizza yet? No. Oh. And I, I'll be honest with you. I stay away from what I called critic bait so when you see something on a menu that has like foie or it's pink colored or <laughs> i don't know it's like an ube rainbow that we typically call that critic bait because they they want us to order it just sort of as a mm-hmm. dare and just because it's got pink on a pizza doesn't mean i'm going to order it i mean i really want to get something in your wheelhouse right i don't want the gimmicky thing but i get it that a lot of restaurants now will just put something on their menu for the gram sure oh yeah oh that's yeah. well that's half of it really with as far as the influencers yeah. go yeah i just i don't know what to say about that <laughs> I think we, I think we yeah, hear you. I'm old school, but <laughs> well, you're OG, yeah, totally. But yeah. obviously, Instagram is helpful in all of that and getting the message out. Yeah, it's because again, restaurants cannot afford a two, three, four thousand dollar a month retainer for a PR firm, right? And then to have give away all the free meals for all the influencers or media. Yeah, they have press dinners. I mean, it's very expensive, and so they rely on the goodwill of customers and they rely on their own in-house social media. It's kind of a grassroots campaign, you know. Show people what we got, see if they want to come in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully it's. Spreads. Right. I mean, you never know what's going to spread. There was a story about a restaurant on the southwest side at Taqueria, and some woman who's an influencer had posted about it, and it just blew up like that next week. And they had no, they had no idea where all the business was coming from, and they traced it back to this young woman who posted some pictures and said some great things, and then people all went. Man, so that's, that's, that's great. Cool. That's yeah. influence. Yeah. Did that happened for, for me. Sure. I know, <laughs> <Please>. right? <laughs> so, okay, I do have a pizza question as far as like the 10 categories. Yeah. Let's start with Chicago pizza and oven grinder. <sighs> What? Why does it always come up in I, these discussions? Because, because I, I, Wait, need I don't to know. even know what that is. It's a legendary. It's in a legendary building across the street from where the St. Valentine's Day massacre happened in Lincoln Park. Um, it's about 20, 2100 ish. Yeah. Okay, North Clark. Um, been there since the seventies or eighties. I think there might have been like ferns and lava lamps and, involved when they opened. Something like that, right? Maybe. I mean, it's I know that. Right. They don't take. They don't take reservations. They're cash only. They literally had to build onto the because the bar is like this big. So. But to, 
to to sort of fill you in, V, it's it's basically, I'm going to say this as nice as I can, it is melted cheese in a bread bowl yep. that is turned upside down. That's the pizza, the quote-unquote mm-hmm. pizza. She's chewing her pizza mm-hmm. and So I'm not sure it's a technically a pizza. It's really soft. It's not it's pizza like as you think. It's like a bowl of goo. Yeah. I saw yeah. it on Barstool Sports. He went there for one bite. Everybody knows the rules yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, probably your favorite guy, right? I'm actually going to his pizza festival in September in, in New York just because I want to see it. But yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's Dave Portney, right? Dave, Dave Portney, yes. Yeah. They, they get a lot of... Pr- they, I mean, people obviously have memories of, of Pizza Number and Grinder. God bless them. Like, I wish them nothing but success. Personally, I don't care to eat that anymore. I, I did it once for the book yeah. to try, but I'm just, I'm not a fan. I've never had it. I used to go there all the time when I was like... Hungover? Uh, no, that's <laughs> probably more like a munchies type thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you're a teenager, you're like, ah, we're going to drive up north. We're going to smoke a little weed. And then we're going to go eat this giant bowl of pizza goo. And you know what? Pizza it was amazing. And the Mediterranean bread was really good too. Oh my just God. Like tear yeah. it and eat so it. And it was so good. So I haven't been there in a million years, but... Um, maybe there's a reason for that. But there's a time and place for true. everything. And yeah. that's kind of the cool thing about pizza like you can dress it up a thousand million cut like so many different ways it's yeah. crazy yeah and with the different types but then what you're putting on it like i don't know if i would normally order this but it's delicious it's fresh it's summery and i would call this an artisan style yeah right so artisan means there's a baker involved right mm-hmm. there's there's the crust and crumb is an issue the toppings are obviously well thought out or from a farmer's market not like out the back of a cisco truck right um so that's more artisan style like a chefy pizza mm-hmm. then there's there's deep dish right there's also deep pan slightly different one has kind of a more biscuitly, like tender crust, uh, that like deep dish. Like uh, so, my pie, Lou Malnati's, is deep dish. Okay. And the edge sits a little bit higher in the pan than the middle, so they press the edge up along the inner wall. Deep pan is more like Burt's and Pequod's and Labriola, thicker, a little breadier. The dough sits evenly across the top. Okay. Okay. Then there's stuffed, which has a second layer of dough across the top of the pizza, mm-hmm. and then the sauce goes on top of that. Sure. That's Steve. Nancy's or Giordano's. <laughs> there's tavern style, which is the pizza we all grew up with in Chicago. Sure. Vito and Nick's, Home Run Inn, etc. Russo's. Right. What, what? So, so many tavern style pizzas. There's Sicilian, which is done in a rectangular pan, um, left to proof overnight to rise a little bit and then topped the next day and baked like a like a D'Amato's maybe or like a, yeah. Yeah. Have you been to um, Spira Sicilian? Yeah, they do Arancini though, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they do, but they do um, they do slices? They do pizza too, yeah. Oh, up I mean, it kind of depends. It's like a, oh. t- a changing thing, but they do all kinds of different okay. stuff. Have you ever been to Arancini. Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you take the kids there? Yeah. Go for the games, of course. No, Get but up. seriously, the, I, I like that pizza with the little bubbly underneath, and I love the salad yeah. bar, but... Okay. <laughs> um, that would be a thi- Well, that's a thin pizza, right? That's a thin crust. Yeah. Okay, just a standard thin, not a Chicago thin, nope. not a tavern, but it's a thin crust. Nope. So there's a place like up on Montrose and Ashland called Crushed, which is a really good thin crust pizza. Okay. Um, there's Detroit style, right, which is a little like a Sicilian. I always think like but Jets a, pizza. Jets is, right. Jets is like, Detroit, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, started in Sterling Heights in 1978. In okay. case you're wondering, um, the mean, crispy, <laughs> crispy, cheesy edge around the perimeter, more focaccia like in the middle, yeah. sauce at the end across the top. Um, there's Neapolitan, which is the original sort of wood fired pizza, okay. very high heat, 90 second bake. Uh, like a coal fire? Like, well, coal fire is very close to that, actually. Yeah, but they would probably, they wouldn't say it's Neapolitan necessarily because of the coal, but that is 
an old school, I guess you'd call it a thin, uh, coal fire is almost its own category. Like you got to eat that right like then a, and there. Yeah, People that do. take it to go, yep, I'm like, are no. you like wild? Why would you do that? That's Well, That's New Haven, like New Haven, Connecticut is a, is a popular style. They, they do all coal fire pizza there. Oh, really? So coal fire would fall under that. But like, you know, Neapolitan is like Spacanopoli, Forno Rosso, oh, Sapporo Napolitana. Oh. There's a lot of Neapolitans here. Okay. Uh, but it, you can't really pick it up with your hands. You got to fold it a couple times or do knife and fork. And then there's, uh, that's about it, right? Sicilian, artisan, Roman, Neapolitan, <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> I yeah, that's about 10 slices. Right yeah, but that's a, that's a lot of different styles, though. So we can expect to see all of them at yeah. the festival that's coming up? Yep, they'll all be at Pizza City Fest. Um, we got the whole lineup at pizzacityfest.com. Um, we've got live music this year because it's Salt Shed. Oh, so nice. Cool location. ESG yeah. is from uh, the Bronx. They're kind of a hip-hop funk. And then Windy City Ramblers is like a second line okay. from New Orleans, nice. kind of an upbeat uh, live band. Yeah, and all the speakers everything's included is it one day two day both days saturday and sunday noon to five okay uh vip gets in an hour early at noon yeah. so general mission comes in at one so v obviously will not be the vip but you know what? she'll be well maybe we'll work on something <laughs> Hold you, on. you might know a guy who <laughs> can help second. you in early wait yeah. a second uh, but yeah noon so noon is vip and one is general mission um and you're done by five so you can still go out and go to you know pizza and oven grinder at eight o'clock for your <laughs> second dinner if you wanted to <laughs> oven grinder just sounds dinner. wrong yeah right it's well, aren't grinders sandwiches? Yeah, I think on the East Coast, a grinder oh, is a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. yeah, okay. I was thinking of the app. <laughs> of course so you were. I was like, of course you were. <laughs> okay, where can we where can we send people to get tickets if they want to go? Easiest thing is just pizzacityfest.com, and you can see what is included with the tickets, and just click a button there to buy the tickets. It's really easy. And we you, find you on Instagram where again? At Steve Delinsky with a Y. All Steve right. Delinsky <laughs> with a y. and pizza because you know there are a lot of SKIs in Chicago. Oh, yeah, really, there are. Right? There are. Uh, but yeah, Steve Delinsky is Instagram and pizzacityfest.com. Dude, thank you so much for thank coming you. here and blowing up my brain with all of this pizza knowledge. My pleasure. Hope you'll have a slice. Oh, it's going to happen. All right. Everything's going down. It's really good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this was great. Thanks, guys.